Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholz, and I'm here with Lauren Johnson, functional nurse practitioner. And we want to talk about puberty uh, this week on the podcast. And so that's a big thing that a lot of people ask us on Instagram. And so we thought that the most efficient way of giving you guys what you want is to actually take your questions straight off of Instagram. So Lauren did a great job of doing Q&A for it. And we have some questions. And we're just going to kind of go through them and, and bang them out. So Lauren, let's start with our first question about puberty. Okay, so first question is, some signs of early puberty in eight-year-old daughter and extra weight in abdominal area. How can I help? So first, you know, I think we should point out that it is starting earlier and earlier than it ever has been before and it's more common you see a lot more girls dealing with this today than before um i think the typical age should be similar to where you started when you were a child you know a teenager um so i would say typically you know somewhere in the 12 to 15 range um sometimes it could be a 16 year old um but if that was normal for the mom but i would say typically a little bit you know in that teenager time if we have you can start seeing some uh pre puberty signs you know at 10 11 12 of course that's fine um when we start going down to like 8 7 seeing some um development of puberty then we really do want to to address it and there's definitely a lot of things we can do so charlie how would you start by addressing this well let's see you said seven or eight years old is that what fourth grade yep is that right around there because well I'd my daughter's say, eight she's in no my daughter's eight she's in, she's in second okay i'd say the she's an so, older second so maybe second or third grade okay the youngest that i've seen in practice was fourth grade so i think that's about 10 maybe maybe yeah. nine years old yeah. I always, you know, it depends on when you started school, if you're old for your grade and young and all that. So I, I, uh, kind of get the grades mixed up, but, um, so what I have found is it's just the toxicity of society, right? We have so many estrogen mimickers in our environment. Uh, so starting with that, and honestly, when you're that young, I just like to open the liver pathways, you know, and, and in Chinese medicine, liver regulates your menstrual cycle and has so much to do with your hormones. And remember, a lot of people have heard us say this, that like, if you don't have healthy blood and healthy blood flow, you will never have healthy hormones because it, they're carried in your blood. And so I would really focus on the liver, you know, something along the lines of from the genetics, uh, the genetic expression of the liver, circuitonic is my favorite. We, you and I have talked about Shisandra quite a bit. Um, and Shisandra is like the herb. A lot of people ask me this question. This just popped in my head. If you could take anything, one supplement, what would it be? And a lot of times my head goes to Shisandra because it works on every single liver pathway. And if you can help the liver detox properly, then you're more likely to get your hormones in check. You're more likely to be able to detoxify your gut. Um, so that's where my head goes. What, what do you What are you thinking on it? Yeah, I, I think that's great. Shisandra, and I like that for girls too, because headaches, if you start having early puberty, you know, I kind of start wondering what that period's going to look like in a few years. And I do think a little Shisandra could be really helpful. Um, I really love castor oil packs for kids. I think especially for young girls that are starting to have some of those signs. Um, I do think with extra weight in the abdominal area, kind of wonder if there's like a stress component um, slash maybe a yeast thing going on. It just kind of makes me think that. 
Um, so that's where, you know, I, I think helping the liver to clear out some stuff, you're always, and if you're helping the liver, you're also going to help constipation and bowel movements. That means you're pooping things out better. So if we're not going after infections, we just, just slowly starting with liver support with castor oil packs, some circuitonic and or schisandra are, are really a, a great way to do it. I also think we should mention if I started seeing signs in my eight-year-old, I would say, okay, what are we putting on the body? What are we putting in the body? Um, you really, I think the biggest issue today with precocious puberty is xenoestrogen exposure. Um, yep. These are chemicals that are like, they're everywhere. They're in the water. <laughs> they are in all the products. You know, all those, like, oh, I hate this at Christmas time. And you go to <laughs> like buy a, a gift for girls and it's like lip gloss and nail polish and these like kits and they all have a bunch of junk in them. I'm sorry Probably. if you've ever given me one. I don't think you, I don't think I've ever, re- I don't think I've received one from my girls. I'm like, I feel bad. I don't want to make, I don't want to offend you. But at the same time, I probably haven't used it. Um- <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast, right? Because people don't know what they don't know. And yeah. this is all about bringing awareness to that. So they, people shouldn't feel guilty if you're like, oh man, I used to gift those out to everybody. Did I just create their daughter's puberty? No. Don't think about it that way. Just just think about it. You don't know what you didn't know. And now you know. Well, and it's never just one thing. So like, Correct. even if you gave that one thing, that is definitely not. Although I will say, I was telling Charlie this before the podcast, um, I was listening when I first started down this natural path, I was listening to this pediatric endocrinologist uh, speak. And he was saying how he had a child with precocious puberty. It was a girl. She, um, she had started using a fragranced um, body wash at night. Um, ever since Christmas, she got it at Christmas time. I'm guessing you all know the brand. It's a very popular brand um, that is marketed towards teens and young girls. And, um, and she started having signs of puberty and they took that product away. They changed a couple other things like that and she stopped progressing into puberty. And so I think it is just important to say like how it, it is so, 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 so important what we use in and on our body. Um, you can't really look for a specific chemical. So there isn't like a, you could look for fragrance, but fragrance is an umbrella term that houses like they, the EWG has found like up to 300 chemicals under the word fragrance. Like when they analyze a product that says fragrance, they have found up to 300 chemicals besides what is on the label. And so, and a lot of times they found about 75% of the time that contain that fragrance contains phthalates and phthalates. I have a lot of information on phthalates. If you look up Shauna Swan, the PhD, she has a book on it. She is the leading researcher on it. Um, and I will tell you, she throws out some scary facts with what phthalates have done to our fertility uh, and our hormones. And so I, it, and it, it's fitting that we're talking about puberty and teens because, I mean, phthalates are a big issue with heavy periods with, um, even acne, any, anything that's throwing off hormones and, and throwing off the body can, can uh, contribute to this. But with boys, phthalates decrease the anogenital distance, which has, which has been proven to, um, cause a, a slew of uh, fertility side effects, um, decreases testosterone, decreases sperm counts. And so it is so important that we, is that like a prostate thing? I've never heard that before. AGD. Yeah. 
it's the distance between no it's the distance like the external distance between the anus and yeah. the i was just thinking like maybe it's some type of like i don't know that's just where my head goes of like well the prostate is kind of in that area maybe it's something to do with the prostate that then changes the anatomy of when you grow um that's bizarre i've never heard that before that's really interesting see see, even i learn i'm learning stuff on this yeah, podcast uh, she is um she used to work at, I think, at MIT or Harvard. Um, she she has uh, a lot. So 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 she's really important. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they don't like what she's saying now because it's like because she really she has a, a book called Countdown, I think, and okay. she thinks that most women are going to be infertile eventually, pretty soon. Dang. Uh, I'll have to give it a check for sure. Yeah, it, it is a very um, it's a hard thing to acknowledge like, to acknowledge that like. Hey, I used Bath and Body Works when I was pregnant. Did I contribute in some way to my child's? But like, you didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. I yep. used all of the products before and had zero idea that it was causing any issues. I mean, there were things we talked about vaccines before. I didn't know what I I didn't know then what I know now. Um, yeah. if, if I had another child, I'd be I'd be doing it much different than I did with with my girls were were babies. And so, um you know, there's nothing we can, we can't feel guilty about it at the Cause it doesn't, you can't move out of that place of guilt. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. do anything for you. It just shames you and puts you in a place of fear. Um, yeah. it doesn't do anything for you. So products that you're using in and on the skin, laundry detergents, all of that stuff, because you're wearing these clothes every day, you know, like we breathe it in it. it if it has phthalates, that's not good. And so the water we drink, things like that, really start thinking about those things. And then just like Dr. Charlie said, liver support is just so needed by most children and most people today because our liver are just, they're just, it's, it's like you said, the toxic world we live in. Yeah. Um, it's the liver has almost 600 functions and actually the main function is to detoxify the digestive tract. And so the less amount of liver stress you can do in your life, the better your body's going to function as a whole. Yeah. It's so, I mean, like constipation, insomnia, um, allergies, um, depression, depression. anger and depression comes from liver. If we could just help people to realize that, I think it really would help. There's not one cure-all. There's not one solution. Just like there's not one cause. There's not one solution, but the liver is so important. And so, uh, and then that brings me to the next question about headaches and young teens. Um, you know, that would be a big, a big factor too. Yeah. 100%. So as before we got on this, I was telling Lauren that, uh, the next video that I'm going to shoot is migraines and there's no coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences, but the amount of people that get migraines and headaches are way more females than males. And the reason why is because estrogen and hormone levels. And if you're not detoxifying properly, then you are going to be set up for symptoms. One of the biggest ones being headaches. Now there's many different headaches. I would tell you that a liver headache is like your forehead. So if you get headaches uh, that affect your forehead, you want to first think liver and low blood sugar. That's the first thing you want to think. If you get into the temples and the side of the head, um, that's going to be a little more gallbladder, but liver gallbladder, they work, they're so connected like brother, sister. So they, you have to take care of both of them. And that, the reason for that is because the gallbladder meridian runs back and forth on the sides of your head. So it's really, really crucial to understand Chinese medicine and meridians because a lot of times they'll tell you, they'll give you a clue on what organs being affected. And so 
Again, um, headaches are a big one when it comes to liver toxicity. And, and the thing that I will say is Lorna and I have said many times, anything can cause anything. And so instead of overwhelming you, let's just go with the first thing that popped in my head. And the first thing is food sensitivities, something that's very easy to control. Um, it's easy. Uh, let's put it this way. It's simple, not easy. Well, what do I mean by that? Simple because here, this is what it is, but is it easy Sometimes not because people are addicted to the food they love. And so what happens is every time you eat a food that is a toxin or your body uh, registers as an allergy or sensitivity, it releases, your body releases histamine to basically combat that inflammation. Because remember, just like estrogen, just like cortisol, just like histamine or, or is like histamine is it's kind of when you hear those terms in our world, you think bad, but you need good levels of those in the body. Right. You need good levels of histamine. It is how your you amount an inflammatory response. It keeps you alive. Essentially, if you couldn't produce histamine, you probably would not be alive. But the thing is, when we you have to think about what is producing histamine too much or what is not allowing it to break down properly. That is where the question lies. And that's where it comes back to the liver a lot of times. But anyways. Uh, I digress now. Back to food sensitivities. What happens is that histamine depletes two things in your body, B6 and zinc. And those are needed to break down estrogen. And what happens, here's clinical pearl for folks listening. If you have cramps around your cycles, which I'm sure we'll get to some cycle questions. If it's on the front of the body, you think more B6. If it's on the back of the body, you think more zinc. If it's on both sides of the body, you think a little more calcium utilization. So B6 and zinc, very depleted in times of um, food sensitivity intake. And histamine, which is a very potent stimulator to the body, especially the adrenal glands, um, then puts more stress on the liver because what does liver do? Blood sugar. And cortisol and insulin, which, you know, cortisol, I know I'm, I'm kind of word vomiting, but this is, this is what goes on in my head. You guys want a picture into my head? This is what's in, This is what's <laughs> going on in my head. Um, you have your cortisol, which has to also dampen inflammation, but cortisol is on a teeter totter with insulin. And the more cortisol you have, the more insulin your body secretes, the more insulin your body secretes, the more fatty your liver gets. And now you have liver issues. So that's my long answer to a short question of headaches. Yeah. And I mean, I, the rate of fatty liver disease in children is like skyrocketing. Oh, the, yeah. rate of the food sensitivities are just massive. And it's not, it's not always that there's like something else going on in the body. Um, I know I will say, well, if there's increasing food sensitivity, it could be parasites or mold. And that can be the case definitely. But we also have to think about well, what food is that person eating? Um, because teenagers and preteens, and I get it. I, you know, I don't have, I don't have a preteen or teenager, but I do, I've, I've seen a lot of preteens and teenagers over the years um, as when I was seeing patients and it is, it's a hard sell to get them to change the way they're eating. You're yeah. busy. They are already, they're, they're usually pretty stressed. And that's something that we probably all as well should talk about. Um, to set them up for success and to not have those teen years be a time of stress. And, um, but I do think that we really can educate and help them to learn, Hey, like 
these foods are not going to fuel you. Do you, you know, what are the goals that you want to do in life? And then like, how can we fuel your, fuel your body? Um, yes. we, we treat our body. Well, I say, I tell my girls, like we were, we were, God gave us our body. We want to fill it with good food and take care of our body and nourish our body. Um, and you know, these foods aren't necessarily going to do that. And so, yes. and then sometimes I will do the whole and tell them what is in that ingredient. So like, food dye they now they know is basically from petroleum well isn't that what's that well it's kind of like gasoline oh so my friends are eating gasoline well um you know and <laughs> explaining explaining that um but i do i and just having balance with it i think that you know showing them you could show them educational videos about how these things are made especially mm-hmm. oils i think that's a big one because that cl- clogs up the liver and it's just and very inflammatory those all those um inflammatory oils like vegetable canola oil things like that and if you just take away those like things alone you're probably going to be eating out less which then you're probably going to be feeling a lot better in general i'm not yeah. somebody who says don't ever eat out but like because i think you should enjoy life but i do think eating out at quality places, eating quality foods at those places, not just going to McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that. I think is there's something to be said. That's right. And um, I know some people listening and they'll be like, well, you know, they didn't say what foods. If I had to just give you a few food options, like, you know, we just talked seed oils. We talked about all the vegetable oils and things like that. That can be very toxic Um, from a food standpoint. If you're going to try them, I would say the top four to try for, for teens, gluten, dairy, egg, and corn is probably my top four. And, and I would throw in there soy a little bit because soy is very, can be very estrogen mimicking, uh, especially if it's toxic soy. If you're uh, going to do soy, at least do organic because soy yeah. is very sprayed. It's a very, it's very heavily sprayed. And so if you can do, if you're going to do soy, do organic. Yeah. And, and it can be high in histamine too. So uh, that's another one. If you're dealing with hormones, definitely be wary of your soy intake. But again, gluten, dairy, corn, and egg, those are in so many foods, especially if you have a teenager uh, who's hanging out with friends, they're going to fast food joints to hang out. Like, you know, we all, we did the same thing growing up. We, I ate McDonald's, Subway, Burger King, you know, you name it, I was eating it. And so um it is what society is. And, and what I would say is just try to, if, if your daughter or son is eating a ton of gluten, maybe start there. If they're eating like say a ton of gluten and a little bit of corn, start with the gluten. Cause it's more of an exposure. Um, and then what I will say is once you eliminate the food, you should eliminate it for a, a minimum of three weeks with gluten, because it is autoimmune in nature, a neurotoxin, they say 180 days. Um, but to simplify it a little more for y'all, what I will say is eliminate it for a month. And then when you reintroduce it, if you want to, um, then wait three days before you try it again, because there could be secondary metabolism issues, which means that once you eat it, your body is good. As your stomach breaking it down, it's good. As soon as it gets into the small intestine, it's okay. And then when it gets into the last part of uh, elimination in the colon, then it's not okay. What it breaks down into in the body can react differently at different stages of digestion. So I give it 72 hours before, you know, if I take a patient off gluten and they come in a few months later and they're not testing weak on gluten and they want to try gluten, Again, I say, I right, try it, but don't, you know, try a serving of it and then give it another three days before you try your second serving of it just to see um, how you feel when you reintroduce it. 
Yeah. And to introduce it one at a time, don't go full ham on like a pizza with gluten and dairy. Like you want to, um, you want to slowly. That's a a good point right there. I like that. Yeah. The, the, the one thing at a time, that way you can just, that way, you know, what you're reacting to, because it could just be the gluten or it could be the dairy. And so I think it's really helpful to do it one at a time. I am somebody, I, I, I say the same thing. I, I'm not somebody who says you have to avoid this forever, unless, of course, you have celiac. I do think it's best if you eat minimal gluten and um, dairy. I We still do dairy, but we just do really good quality source dairy. But some people really do need to avoid it um, and for longer than six weeks. But typically around six weeks is what I say. And then reintroduce one at a time. So, yeah. And we're, and we're talking here, folks, we're talking about the average population. If you know, you have a full full blown autoimmune issue, then you really have to watch your diet. Then it's not like there's no cheating on the gluten. If you cheat, you're going, your, your immune system is about to be in another storm. You, you want to stay ahead of the curve on that. You don't want to be um, you know, messing around with food allergens and histamine responses when you have a full blown autoimmune issue. Yeah. You know, it, that is super important. I, I know there's a lot in our community that love sourdough and yeah. as somebody who loves to make sourdough, I have also found that I just, my family doesn't tolerate it. Um, it is, it, there is something with the fermentation. Um, you know, I'll have one that will test fine on gluten. My other one is still sensitive. And I, there's, I think there's, there's just something there. Um, so for yeah. right now we're not, but we're more sensitive right now. And so maybe we'll retest in a month or two and just see where things go. I think sourdough is better, um, especially because if you long ferment it, you have less gluten. So if you can long ferment it like to 48 hours, you're going to have less gluten content and that will be better tolerated. Uh, But, you know, it just depends. And so I would say even sourdough to avoid for a month to six weeks and then reintroduce and see how you feel. That's right. So, okay. What we got next? um, We talked headaches with food sensitivities, liver support. Again, we would still say the liver support for the headaches. So we would, and then also, and you said, you mentioned blood sugar, right? Yeah. I I just, you know, the thing about this podcast, I want to just create or give the best solutions of very easy things to try because, you know, I know that some people are going to be listening. They're going to say, well, my headaches were due to the blue light I was looking at, or I had a parasite or I had a mold or I had glyphosate or I had an emotional issue with my father. There's so many things it could be. We're just trying to give you something that is very doable and a good first try, like changing your diet a little bit. Or uh, Lauren just talked about how I said blood sugar. I think we live in a society that is very protein deficient. And if you don't have enough protein, you can't heal. And if you don't have enough protein, your body runs on stress hormone. Now nothing works. So think about how powerful that statement is in itself. If you are if you are protein deficient, which yes, I know the functional med people are going to say, well, it's an H. pylori issue that's causing their stomach acid lower, their cortisol is too high. I get that, folks. But if you can just increase your animal protein to half your uh, half your body weight in grams a day. So if you weigh 120 pounds, get 60 grams of protein a day from red meat. And do that for three days. I bet you, you feel a ton better. Yeah. And if, um, for children, you know, there are children who will not tolerate that, like an increase in protein because they're not breaking it down and they have more ammonia yep. issues. 
And so I would say digestive enzymes, digestive support, digestive bitters, um, those are really helpful. But, you know, anything that you can do to increase that protein, to balance that blood sugar, even a little bit with each meal, sometimes before bed um, will help with sleep. And so just kind of trial and error what works best. Totally. Blood sugar is a big factor for headaches too. And and of course, um, hydration. Teens are probably not drinking enough. And so electrolytes adding, I love Quinton. I know, I know that um, Dr. Charlie that too. You, those things like electrolytes are really helpful and important. Um, and there are good clean ones, um, that we'll link in the show notes, um, that can be really helpful. Okay. How to help with the big emotions for a preteen. My daughter is going through it. (laughs) You want to start? You want me to start? Um, so first, I think it's okay to first, like, just sit there and acknowledge that, like, hey, I, I've been there. Like, yeah. I know what that's like. I know what that's like as an adult, um, you know, as a postpartum, as a postpartum woman, like it is, it's hard. And then you lose perspective. And then like, you're in the thick of this, like, full-blown meltdown. And you're like, oh, wait, what was I even mad about? Like, it is a very real thing that our teens are going to go through. Now, should it be awful and bad? And should there be like this roller coaster? No, there shouldn't be. So if that is happening, then there's something going on. But I do think it's okay to acknowledge that you're going to have some ups and downs and to help give them the, the A, feel, feel safe and feel okay with those big emotions. But B, to say like, I need to learn how to handle it. And I need to learn how to get perspective. Um, and that it's okay that there's going to be some trial and error and I'm going to get it wrong and I'm going to have to apologize and that's okay. Um, so first there's that second, um, with the big emotions, I would honestly, I would go go to the liver. I would go to blood sugar because if, if my, if my, one of my children, if her blood sugar drops anger, um, anger. And so, and that's usually if we haven't been eating the way we typically do, we've been busy, we've been out, I didn't, I forgot my snacks, whatever it is and blood sugar drops and we have anger and that will happen with a teen too. And with a teen, especially, cause you have during that time, you have more estrogen dominance anyway. So that's a time where there is just more estrogen anyways, that time. And then like the premenopausal time, you just have a lot more estrogen issues. And so, um, you're already going to, and then as well, you're going to have the xenoestrogen and all the other stuff that we're dealing with. And so if you can like focus on protein, focus on a little bit of fat, um, carry snacks with you. Um, you know, I can link some of our favorite snack things as well. Carry snacks in the, in, in with you when you go places that will help a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know what else I could add to that. I think that was pretty uh, perfect. Um, if they are having a bad day, do a castor oil pack. If my kids are, we are out of whack and things are just like, I feel things are off. I will, I will put a castor oil pack on them. I have an organic castor oil pack for kids that I, um, and for teenagers, I would just use the adult size. Um, you do it over the liver, you start really slow. Cause some it sometimes it does detox you quickly. Um, but it is really good for the parasympathetic nervous system. It's great for calming. Yep. Um, it's great yep. for that estrogen clearance. It's helpful for insomnia, anxiety, like, I'm not trying to sell it as a cure-all. It's not, but <laughs> it is helpful. Um, yeah. I like how you started out by saying to acknowledge it because a lot of times, you know, as parents, it can be hard to acknowledge kids' emotions, especially because you have your own emotions with your kids. Um, and I'm a really big uh, advocate of finding tools that work on the physiology of emotions. You know, we talk about Vervita essential oils. I absolutely think they're dynamite and magic. 
people have heard my wife, uh, curiously present, talk about tapping, getting your kids to understand, to use those tools to their physiology is such a miracle that is underutilized for people. I, I really am big on that. And again, back to how Lauren's saying blood sugar, like we get, you know, the saying is hangry, right? I know there's been like commercials of like Snickers talk about, do you get hangry? You just need a Snickers. Do you understand how terrible that is to get, you know, like they're, they're creating that hangriness because they're creating foods that don't stabilize blood sugar. And then what happens is when your blood sugar drops low, what did I just say? You function off stress hormone and now you are more set off in every facet of life. So in taking your protein, making sure your liver is working properly and Lauren also talked about you're going to be in an estrogen dominant state because your hormones are shifting. Well, here's the clinical pearl. Estrogen is very linked in with serotonin. And so if your estrogen goes up, so does your serotonin. And if you don't have enough B6, well, wait a minute. Didn't Dr. Charlie just talk about B6? What was he saying? Oh yeah. Food sensitivities deplete B6. If you don't have enough B6 to degrade your serotonin, now you have anxiety. And so that's why B6 works for degrading estrogen and helps with anxiety is because of the estrogen serotonin um, uh, linkage, so to speak. So that again, that's what I will add to that. And I'm going to say, acknowledge the emotions find physiological tools to help process the emotions, stabilize your blood sugar. Yeah. And just take them aside and sit with them in a room. Uh, make sure that there's no screens on. Um, mm-hmm. You can play some music, do some, do a tapping session. And in the, the video that his, um, his wife has shared and, and she shares lots of those things is so helpful. Like with my young children and with older children, um, they don't, they may not want to do that in front of their friends and that's fine, but they can go to the bathroom and do that. And it is, it is so powerful. So I do think that that is, is just super helpful. And pairing that with oils is, I mean, the oils are, have an immediate effect that goes straight to the limbic system, straight to your brain. Um, and so that is really helpful in the moment. Okay. Um, we, I don't think we talked about this yet. Onion body odor and a preteen. Yeah. Um, so you and I kind of have, have talked about this before is anytime there's an odor, I usually find that there is a fungal component regardless of the odor. Now, if it gets more specific odors, then you get more specific on the toxicity. Uh, you and I talked about ammonia and mm-hmm. I find that ammonia with parasites and bacteria. So SIBO, things like that. Um, Got to clean up the gut got to clean out the gut. You're going to usually smell that from your armpits, obviously. Um, And I, you will find a lot of people say it's only on my right side. Well, what's on the right side, your liver. And so again, what did I say earlier? 600 functions of the liver. Main one is to detox the gut. So again, it goes back to foods. Um, We love using herbs to clean out infections. You know, one that I've been using a ton because it's, it's really, I find it tests good for for any type of situation, whether you're pregnant, breastfeeding, or you're young is olive leaf, olive leaf supreme. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a great antiviral, but it's an anti-parasitic. It's a great anti-SIBO. Uh, it does do fungal issues. Um, and yes, have Lauren and I talked about other ones like Malia and Golden Thread, Mirinda, which are, you know, the top three essentially from, from Supreme Nutrition. But a lot of people's questions are, okay, so what's pregnant and breastfeeding safe? What can I give to my kids? Even though many of those are doable for that, 
uh, olive leaf is one I've been using uh, just as a, a gentle, broad spectrum antimicrobial. And then the last thing I'll, I'll add on top of that uh, before Lauren um, chimes in on it is that uh, when you're killing that off, when you have that that stench of onion and stuff, you also want to support your liver and lymph. So I know this is a heavy podcast now on liver, but it is <laughs> puberty and yeah. liver is so tied in with hormones that every answer we're going to give is going to tie back to liver in some way, shape or form. So Shasandra, we love. And then my favorite for lymph is Manjusta. Uh, so I will pair those with an antimicrobial. Again, I just mentioned olive leaf. If you're at home, you're like, hey, I have golden thread and it worked for me. That's awesome. We love golden thread. And golden thread has berberine, which is anti-fatty liver. So again, we love it. Um, but we're just uh, going to throw out olive leaf. Yeah. I, I love golden thread. I, I do caution typically to start slow. Cause even me, I, when I started it, I knew I needed it and I started it and it would make me really super tired. And so I had to do some work first and then came back to it when I tested for it and it was, it was super helpful. And so yep. just listen to your body, see, you know, ask your teen how they're feeling. Um, and then go from there. But like my six or my eight-year-old tested for it at one point and it was, it was super great for her. Um, yeah, I I think that the smell is just a sign of toxicity. Um, I think there are some things you can do. So that doesn't mean go grab a deodorant that has yucky ingredients because that's just not um, not what you should do. Um, I can we can link some. I don't know what deodorant you use, but I can link the deodorant. I use, uh, I use Native. Native. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I use just ingredients and they're, they're clean. They have good smells. And so your teen will probably like them. They have ones for um, some more manly ones for guys too. And so that's fine. I'm not opposed to, to deodorant. It's more of, um, oh, and then also getting rid of the smell. So I use a detox like armpit mask. Uh, that's what I'll recommend if there is a stench that is building and you it takes time to clean out the gut and to address food sensitivities and address the liver. So it's bentonite clay, tea tree oil, and a little bit of apple cider vinegar. I can put the mm. recipe in the show notes. That is something that you can just put it on, leave it on for 10, 15 minutes. It does get messy. Sorry, but it does work. And so that will help. Um, sauna, massage, uh, lymphatic massage and like dry brushing. I love, uh, what's that guy's name? The Perry Nicholson. Is that his, is that his name? Stop chasing pain. Guy. Um, stop chasing pain. I think it's a yeah, stop, chasing. stop chasing pain. Yep. The big six. It's super helpful. I mean, that is great. If you could do that, that helps with bloating and, and lymph. And so I think that's great. And then of course the supplements, you didn't mention scutellaria. Yeah. No, scutellaria is great. Um, obviously it's, is an antihistamine, which is nice. Yeah. It produces glutathione, which glutathione is our master antioxidant, right? It heals the gut lining, blood brain barrier. It's antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral. Uh, that's my alternative to golden thread. Uh, but a lot of times uh, it is what the people need. It's, it's more, way more gentle. Um, and, you know, I use it for yeast fungus mold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, there, but all of talk... has those antimicrobial components that might be more helpful, like with yeast and antimicrobial. Yeah, I just I've been finding it's been testing like really well the last like probably three, four months, like pretty, pretty well. Um, but again, if you're like, hey, I have scutellaria on hand, scutellaria is awesome as well. Uh, and, you know, by Callen, which is part of the is basically what scutellaria is. The main ingredient is by Callen is one of the best research things for ADHD. 
And so, yeah, Scutellaria is amazing. Um, oh, obviously I mean, love that. A binder. So uh, yeah. Toxumi Supreme and yep. Biotoxin Binder by Cellcore are really good for ammonia. So yep. if that is something that, you know, I wouldn't take. So Toxumi, you have to take separate from other supplements and food. But um, biotoxin, you can take with supplements and food, and that's fine. Um, yep. They're both really great for ammonia. So if that's something that you have noticed an increase of, then that might be a helpful addition as well. Yeah, those, those are my favorite two binders for ammonia for sure. Okay, let's see. Headaches, let's see, painful periods. This goes back to liver and estrogen dominance. And heavy I, I, periods too. Yep, I, I will say that painful periods have a big histamine component to it. So find the histamine drivers. And in my experience, people with the more painful periods have the most emotional trauma. So that is a clinical pearl. Anyone who you know, who's like, they get laid out in bed with their, when they have their cycle or leading up to it. And it's, you know, the two, three days they know they're going to be in bed and they just can't function. I would take it to the bank that that person has emotional stress that is living in their tissues that needs to be released physiologically. Yeah. I think it is just, there's so much that we, we just don't deal with our emotions well as a society. Yeah. And especially as teens, we, they, we stuff it. We, it's not, we don't allow space for it. And as parents, we don't know what to deal with it. We don't know how to deal with it. And then we shut it down or we're uncomfortable. So we don't ask. And I think that's a really hard thing that we, we really have to start saying being okay with being uncomfortable and totally. being okay with asking the questions and just sitting in it. That doesn't mean you're going to solve it for your teen because your teen probably doesn't want you to solve it. I know they don't want you to solve it. They, they want you to probably just listen. And mm. so, um, I think that if you could do that, that would be a really, just really great thing. Yep. Yeah. So definitely that. And then, uh, you know, painful, heavy periods. I love artichoke um, and then B6 and zinc, as we said. And and the one that magnesium. I use. For, yes. Magnesium's phenomenal. Um, I use immune armor for B6 and zinc whenever there's painful periods. Uh, and then what, what type of magnesium do you like to use generally? I know there's so what, many types. It depends on what's going on. So if they have more anxiety, I would go with the glycinate um, and I would do that at night probably. Um, you could do it during the day and just work up on how much you do. Um, I like citrate for constipation issues. There is yeah. some debate on how much it's absorbed. Um, I, you know, I think there's debate about everything. And then there's three yeah. and eight, which is good for, um, like brain fog and that type of thing. So I, there's some good combo ones like seeking health has a good optimal magnesium, um, is it magnesium breakthrough that I've used before smidge has a good magnesium. So there's lots of options um, for people to try out and just see how, what they respond, respond to um, magnesium malate's good in the morning. If they kind of struggle more with energy, but they want to yeah. take some, then I think that magnesium malate would be good. Um, magnesium, zinc, B6. And then you said artichokes. What? So one question we did have was artichoke. How, how young would that be okay to start on a, person um i'm trying to think of what's the youngest um that i've seen it probably i've seen it in like a nine-year-old ten-year-old okay um like you what? Know, I, 
Say it again. One capsule. Yeah, like a one capsule every other day. Yeah. You know, I would say like the times that I've used artichoke with the younger population have actually been males that yeah. are extremely estrogen dominant that have like uh, gynomastia, right? Like man boobs. Um, I find that that is the home run for them. I tend to use more Shisandra with young females personally. And that's what I have found test clinically. Um, but again, like what artichoke is doing is it's working on glucuronidation, which is the pathway of the liver that's heavily influenced by blood sugar irregularities. And so artichoke also has high fiber. So it actually helps balance blood sugar. And then it also helps with basically... Like if you were imagining the liver, this is kind of what I talk about in my estrogen dominance uh, membership video is like the liver is taking the toxic estrogen and it's basically like gift wrapping it. And then the, the, uh, artichoke, uh, basically puts the bow on top and then sends it through the, the, uh, digestive tract. And then, so it's basically like the, the icing on the cake. So it really helps, uh, from multiple aspects of liver toxicity, gallbladder toxicity, because artichoke is a great bile flow um, inducer. Um, and that's all artichoke's really doing is it's really getting the liver and gallbladder functioning better. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people who are like, hey, I took artichoke and I gained weight. Um, I have seen, I've said this, but I'll say it again, because I know there's a lot of people who still want to hear it, is I've had one patient that happened to who took it prior to me seeing them. So I didn't muscle test them on it. And what I found in that person was, and this is one person. So this is not like, I'm not claiming this is a research study, but that person had low progesterone, low adrenal function and fungal issues. And so what I found, what I was thinking was basically the bile or the artichoke helped the bile flow and help the liver start detoxing, but they didn't have two things, enough antimicrobials to take care of the infections in the body, the toxicity of the body. And two, they didn't have a great adrenal um, function, which was causing them to have low progesterone and the imbalance of progesterone estrogen was causing them to gain a little weight. Cause it's usually about 10 max 20 pounds that people put on it's closer to like the 10 pounds that i've found i've heard people say and that's what i found clinically yeah yeah i would I, yeah i i really like artichoke a lot for estrogen dominance i've seen it help a lot of people or a lot of women and a lot of men men have and boys um have a lot of estrogen issues too so we we should mention boys here a little bit uh teens um with acne i'm sure that will come yes. up We'll do one more question. I think acne should be it. And okay. um, artichoke is so great, but I really, I do love Shisandra more for the headaches and the liver support for girls. And it's really, it's it's just a helpful one. Yeah. Um, okay. Acne in teens. This is something that um, I think is, there's a lot of factors to food sensitivities is probably the biggest one. Dairy is a big factor. Yeah. Um and then I think, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the gut infections that are probably driving this, right? Yeah, I would say that, especially if you have bacne, like when you have bacne, there's two meridians that run pretty prominently there, bladder and small intestine, both of them severely influenced through the floors of the body. And so I'll find a lot of people with bacne have SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth or CFO, fungal overgrowth. Um, and then on the face as well, there's different, you know, um, uh, 
facial maps, I think they call them, I guess, where it's like different. If you have uh, acne in one spot, it's a different organ. Again, in general, you're going to think infection. Uh, you're you're going to think hormones and you're going to think food toxins. So you basically, it's all a toxicity problem, uh, but we just got to narrow it down to where do we start. And generally that's going to be with like SIBO and fungal infections uh, that are taxing the gut, which is then clogging the liver. Yeah. I, I think that starting with some of those herbs that we we've already mentioned, um, I think most of the things that we would use. And so I think that that is a a really great way to start. I also think, you know, taking off a dairy probably, and maybe even gluten for a month or so do it at a time when they're not as busy. So they won't put up as much of a protest. And then, um, the other thing would be thinking about skincare products and what they're using on their skin. I think that, as teens, especially because they start wearing makeup. And I just went on this journey recently of taking away pore cloggers from my like makeup and skincare routine. And it is phenomenal, the results that I have seen on my face. And so I don't say that to sell a product because there's not, I'm not really doing that. But I am saying for teens, girls love to put makeup on their face and mm. they love to experiment and try different products. But a lot of those products are, they just do not contain good stuff. Yeah. And so to really, um, there's a, I will link the skincare that I use, but that does not contain pore cloggers and um, is good nourishing stuff for the skin. So that's something that I think is important to consider as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, last thing I'll say is uh, CFO, SIBO, like whenever I get like back knee type patients or acne, I would say that golden thread and Mirinda combination. I, for some reason, I find that Mirinda does really well when it's uh, the SIBO that starts giving you back knee and things like that. Yeah. Um, and we live in such a toxic society that I'm finding that we have to stack herbs. Now, I'm not huge into combo products. I'm, I'm really big into whole plant products and then you use multiple of them. So I'll usually say try, you know, two at a time. Um, and Golden Thread and Mirinda are probably the two in, in those situations that I find test the most. Back to what Lauren was saying, you know, Golden Thread is very strong. And so uh, some people will react better with Malia. It's usually one or the other. Like I'm a person who I react way better with Malia personally than golden thread, but I've seen golden thread create so many miracles for patients, gut dysbiosis, um, that you hear me talking about it all the time. And so I would start with maybe a golden thread, low dose and a Mirinda low dose. And if you're like, Hey, I, I didn't really do great with Mirinda. That's when I bet. Okay. I would maybe try a little bit more of Malia, which is neem, um, and, uh, and Mirinda. One of the, here's just a cool information is, you know, golden thread is Chinese coptis. So that's Chinese medicines, like gold standard. It's like their natural antibiotic for infection. And so that's theirs. Malia is neem, which is India's version of that. So it's more Ayurvedic medicine. And so they're very similar, but two different regions, if you will. Um, And some people do better with one, others with the other. Uh, But yeah, that's my two cents on that. I love that. My, my, my oldest is like, does so well with Malia. I mean, I yep. just, I, could, I mean, this is amazing. Um, that, that herb has done really well for her. Okay. Um, so I will say just because I know some people are going to be thinking this, well, okay. So I want to start golden thread and Chisandra and Mirinda. And is that okay? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I typically would say like four herbs at a time max 
or yeah. maybe five, but like typically four, especially with a kid um, or a teenager even. And I just start really slow and I listen and I see, okay, how are we feeling? How are we doing? Are we noticing? I I wouldn't expect there to be like this massive breakout. I know a lot of people, people love to see like a Herxheimer response or they say, oh, that's just the bad coming out. No, that's not, there's no such thing as that. Um, yeah. That's just something that companies used to say to like make you think that it was okay to take their product. And right. it is, it, it really isn't. So I, I would, if they're having, you know, more of a reaction, then I would say that's probably not the herb for them. I'm with you on that. I agree. I would say if you're not being muscle tested, I wouldn't probably do more than three or four herbs at a time. That does not include vitamins and minerals. Yeah. So they're, they're totally two different things. And a lot of people ask, Hey, what can be combined and what can't all of them can be combined. The thing is, you just don't want to take Takasumi with any of them because it just binds up all of it. Now you're wasting your money yeah. and your body's not getting the medicinal benefits of the herbs because Takasumi is doing its job as binding up everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually do find that taking Takasumi at night can be a helpful thing because histamine's higher at night. Yeah. Um, like ammonia. And so I, I do think that, and so doing that before bed can be an okay thing too. At least I agree. So, all right. I think we covered. A whole lot of things. I would say in general, um, food sensitivities, work on the liver, be okay with big emotions, but also like give parameters, you know, safety for them, but also give parameters for how to deal with them, skills to deal with them, like tapping that we discussed, oils. Um, and then of course, cleaning out the infections that are probably there. And then decreasing the toxin exposure, filtering the water, filtering the air, um, you know, um, watching the products that you put on your skin, in your skin or in your body, things like that. I echo that 100%. Yeah. It's a good synopsis for all of it, which is crazy that it's all one thing, but it really can be. So, yeah. all right. Well, we will see you all on the next one. I think you got to read your favorite saying. Oh gosh. Yes. Okay. This is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything. <laughs> all right. Y'all see y'all on the next one.